Hey folks and welcome to a daily rating special. On today's show, we'll be sitting down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the first five films in the Fast and Furious franchise. Vince will spend some time discussing each film and go through how they stand alone, but also coincide with one another. And of course, at the end, he'll rate the films. Vincent's ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. The first five movies are The Fast and the Furious by Rob Cohen, Too Fast and Too Furious by John Singleton, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift by Justin Lin, Fast and Furious by Justin Lin, and finally, Fast Five, directed by Justin Lin. It's going to be a great special, folks, so stay tuned and enjoy. Mr. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Tommy boy, how's it going? Uh, it's, it's going okay on my end. Oh, where'd you, he's zipping around, folks. I it's, can't get him. He's too fast for me. He's too fast. He's too, too furious. <laughs> he's furious. And he might be a little furious after a whole week of Vin Diesel. Oh, man. I, th- I think I will be furious definitely at the end of the 10. I think I'm all right right now. At the, reco- at the time of recording this, I have seven under my belt. So, uh... I know it's, it's a lot, <laughs> and he's not done yet. That's the not, craziest I, part. Yeah, that's that's the terrible aspect of it. Uh, I'll tell you what, Tom. This episode did not almost happen. Uh, the new Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom, came Uh-oh. out. Oh, <laughs> it was... almost started a new podcast. Almost, <laughs> almost. I mean, it's a, it's a really phenomenal game. It was like last year with Elden Ring. Uh, it came out. And I was just like, oof, this is gonna be splitting the time. <laughs> Well, the fact that you still managed to get through seven is quite impressive. Yeah. Honestly, though, these were, you know, these were easy watches. Uh, You know, some laughing at it for (laughs) bad reasons. Some's (laughs) laughing with it, though. There, there was some, there was some, uh, some brevity to it. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a week. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, I'm glad I also wasn't a part of this too much. No Tommy Two Shoes coming out as a surprise. <laughs> there was one really funny thing. So I was out of the state. You know, I was I was doing a fishing trip in Virginia. But one thing, you know, I can never sleep. So I'm watching TV late at night, and it's almost on mute, but I can barely hear it. So I'm channels. I wake up and I'm channel surfing. Yeah. And I kid you not, I saw, I caught the last five minutes of Fast Five. Oh. And the movie directly after it. Oh, wow. Kong Skull Island. <laughs> <laughs> the curse. My, my, yes, my new hate watch. <laughs> was- <laughs> so it was like too perfect. That's great. Um, that rock you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but you did a great job. I mean, I love that you did these. I love how dedicated I, you are to I, I Yeah. I, but the thing is, there's such a fake lore that goes on with all these films. Uh, and, and what I mean by like fake lore is like there'll be movies in the future part of the franchise that will make callbacks to these movies and say like something was there but it really wasn't and i feel like to judge that properly right i need to see i need to see the source you know i need to say like no that wasn't there at the beginning <laughs> and the funny thing is doing some research on this i didn't really like man it's not really continue the names are annoying first of all <laughs> after that 
it's not so much continual story that we'll jump back and forth. We're in this timeline, then we're going to kind of be in this timeline. <laughs> and I didn't realize that there's like trilogies within the 10 kind oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a whole thing. So yeah. one thing I'm happy about is you can kind of actually break this down because I don't know if anyone's seen all of the. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's people that have seen all of them. I'm sure right. people, a lot of people have just seen some and not all, right. you know, that, that deal. But the fact that you can break it down. Kind of give us a bit of a guidebook is mm-hmm. how I look at it. Yeah. And we can get into the, some of the fun of it. So um, I love it. There was a 1954 film that we won't be covering called <laughs> The Fast and the Furious. So for all those people. You know, Licensing hell, who too. Were exciting. Yeah. It almost put the, it almost uh, squashed the first Fast and Furious because of that. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, very interesting. So <laughs> so I think with that, I, uh, we'll just kind of jump into it. Mm-hmm. We are in 2001. This is The Fast and the Furious. It's rated PG-13. It's an hour and 46 minutes long. Vin, how did we like it? (laughs) Well, this film isn't super unique, with plenty of criticism over the time and at the time, uh, comparing it to Point Break uh, and many other kind of undercover stories. However, I wanted to defend this movie out of the gate a little bit because it's actually started off of a magazine story called Racer X in 1998. Uh, Vibe magazine was a zine capturing some of the street racing culture at the time. This story highlighted Rafael Estevez, a real-life Dominican driver in drag races and and in the tuning scene. So I, I bring it up because it shows the good intentions this franchise had starting out, putting a cool subculture on film. Is this movie great? No. <laughs> but I, I kind of want to, I don't know, I, I not that that's going to affect the rating at all, but I do think that there was some good intentions in showing the actual racing culture at the time, which I think is cool. Uh, in the right hands, I feel like that really could have been much more of a monumental film. So. Yeah, and I think it's funny because right now video games are starting to get a little bit more better graphics. There's a lot of racing mm-hmm. games coming out. Gran Turismo is kind of a thing now, sure, sure. and just the whole cust- the, the customizing your car, the whole kick car <laughs> thing, NOS. I mean, it's all just. Yeah. I feel like it's it was in the culture a little bit too. A need for and Speed I, Underground, right? They all yeah. kind of played off each other really well. Yeah, yeah, and if anything, in the in the wake of this first Fast and Furious. What surprises me is that like you take like a Need for Speed, you take even arcade racers that are very customizable, right, right. And, you know, the, the head-to-head type of format. And honestly, it's it's all in response or it's drastically changed at least because of Fast and Furious and what it does with the you know with this kind of right. modern tuner car, you know, subculture. Yeah. So I do like that note though, that it's like it's actually trying to be something. Yeah. It's not yeah. trying to be I don't know, schlock or something like that. Or yeah, just, it, it kind of comes out as schlock, <laughs> but that, that's exactly my point, that like there are intentions to try to capture something real and, and electric uh, that's that's clearly going on from the very late 90s into the 2000s. Right, yeah. So, uh, Rob Cohen is directing and has done a lot of just meh in his career. <laughs> uh, but he is currently, he is certainly seasoned with working with Vin Diesel, which um, who knows if he would have been attached to the franchise at all without this. So I think we got a lot of time with Vin in an alternate, not too alternate of a universe, you know. One decision away. Maybe I wouldn't have to listen to the human thumb uh, just go on and on about family. We'll get to Vin with plenty plenty of critiques. So. Uh, I do think you're right about the director, though, because yeah. he wasn't going to get this yeah. or it was like not attached to him at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more of a last-minute thing kind of. He came in. Yeah, yeah. And boy... 
He's still here. <laughs> He's still he here. won't leave. He won't it's leave. Like a bad house guest. <laughs> <laughs> There's now a rumor mill that Fast Ten might get stretched out to its own like concluding trilogy. There's definitely going to be a Fast Eleven, but there may be a Fast Twelve. Probably. Uh, so. But that's funny because Fast Ten was part of the trilogy with eight, nine, ten, I believe, right? Because that's when we get into F eight. Yes. Fate of the Furious. <laughs> then we get into F nine, and this yep. is F ten. Yep. Or Furious 10. I hate, I loathe, <laughs> hate the loathe these names. You know what this reminded me? This is the Xbox of movie names. <laughs> yeah, Where it's just for like real. 360 is your second console? Series X, Series S. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, folks, it's real simple here. Paul Walker playing Brian O'Connor. Uh, is versus Vin Diesel playing Dominic Toretto. O'Connor is a undercover federal agent infiltrating the street racing scene because of a string of mobile robberies. Hold on to your seats, folks. They're after DVD players and VHS players. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's some pretty low stakes. And, and honestly, it's, it's called back to in some of the future movies. But um, I cannot. <laughs> it, it's surreal where this movie franchise goes, and that was that was what the stakes were in the first one. Toretto is a king in the street racing scene with a very tightly knit crew that has a sus- suspicious loyalty to him. But as we will get force fed throughout these movies, it is all because of family, <laughs> and that'll be that'll be crop up almost in every film. O'Connor gets tangled in Toretto's crew chasing after the promise of a 10-second car, and falls in love with his sister closest to the danger. This movie is a mix of street racing, crime, undercover tension, and romance. And while I wish it was the true-to-life love letter to street racing, like I opened with, the movie is very, very sadly stale in its execution, even by 2001 standards. Okay. Uh, I can't help but think this would have been lightning in the bottle in the right hands for the timing of it, but maybe in possibly a more amateur filmmaker that is in the scene at that time. Uh, I don't know, 2001, give it a an early found footage, rip off Blair Witch. Uh, it's about street racing at like the street racing level. Yeah. Uh, cut out the crime. It's, You're so right. You it know, be, yeah. I feel like it could have, this could have been lightning, you know. Because it is a bit of an underground, it is, a, it's an underground thing. Yeah. It could totally, you could do something cool with camera work and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, neat idea, yeah. Yeah, and in the production, uh, credit to this production, they do lend or lean on uh, other real street racers, uh, their car right. customizations. I mean, extras were just kind of flocking to this production just to show their ride and their customization as kind of a clout thing. Right, so, right. Kind of cool. Uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, you know, crying over uh, not only, not spilled milk, non-existent milk. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's, let's we'll put that aside. Nonetheless, uh, this is the movie that took tuner and car modding culture to the big screen. The modded cars are a great throwback, and I appreciate the many real cars used in the production of the film. I feel like there's some enjoyment that this one specifically has in kind of being as close as we're going to get to true to life (laughs) for it. As tacky as some of those designs may be, it is authentic for the time. I I think an early criticism I had in my notes that I I, I deleted was that every car has like a tribal decal on the side in the exact same spot, but 
I think that just was, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that, was that was just how it was. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it, there, there's some credit given to the film for that. But on this note, the film shows its age in the worst way, uh, the races themselves. The special effects shown perfectly in the first drag race look just awful. Uh, something about the artificial blur that is given to cars make them look too, you know, intentionally make them look faster. Sure. Comes off fake. It looks like they're almost in a studio altogether. Special effects, I think, is going to be a big through line between all these reviews because it's about how good are the stunts, how good is the, how good or bad is the CGI, yeah. uh, and on top of that, I mean, how is this integrating into a fast, fun? Uh, I'm trying not to use furious, but a fast, fun actiony, yeah, 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 high action, high octane type stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's so true. With the, it's so funny because they could have gone like the anime route, and it would almost be awesome. <laughs> Oh, you just wait. <laughs> okay. We'll get there. But yeah, I mean, 2001, we're talking 22 years now it's been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just something about this. Uh, I would say there's two type of iconic scenes in all of these films. Okay. It is, the, it is the digital going down the driver's arm into the engine yes. looking at the things. Yes, yes. Uh, and then there's also the ass height shot of other cars and asses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is in every one of these films. Yeah, the movie's always trying to be sexy in some sort yeah, of way. yeah. So uh, those those just get kind of washed out on repeat, uh, especially when you're seven movies deep. So we'll we'll see what my opinions are next week on those. But but as far as some of this work, I thought it was important to note because for a franchise now known for crazier and crazier stunts, stunt work with cars was the point from the very start. Um, notable stunts here: pretty much any time they drive under a truck, which they love doing. There's a surprising <laughs> amount of driving under trucks so that is like their go-to. Uh, and a fun dirt bike chase towards the end of the movie. I think those are the two real standouts here. Performance-wise, it's a mixed bag, mostly because some bad lines just no one can escape. <laughs> yeah, the writing is just, the writing's yeah. not there. Yeah, I mean, I can't say anyone's really great, but I feel like they're they're shot in the foot an extra degree. <laughs> yeah, just just having some, some bad, a bad script behind them. But surprisingly... It's Vin Diesel that was halfway decent here. I would say the mystery of how Dominic Toretto operates kind of works. He juggles some intrigue on whether he's a bad guy or not, and um, I thought it was kind of wow. I thought it was kind of solid just in this first one. But really, the key it's reason for this, folks, is he doesn't talk much. There is a silent, <laughs> <laughs> silent mystery. He's, 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 he's this quiet, you know, crime lord that it doesn't, it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite translate when he has to be a leading man, uh, and just more and more lines he has to deliver. And it's just, I don't know, I, I almost hesitate using the word deliver. Right? <laughs> they just kind of, they just kind of fall out of his mouth a lot of the time. Uh, time and time again, we will see Vin Diesel's own acting be the Achilles heel of these films, especially once we get past that five point. Okay, uh, but which... not yet. Not in one. He's one an action upside. <laughs> and yes, he's a he's a slight upside. <laughs> so take take your credit where you get it, Vin. <laughs> some pretty bad music here. I don't mind some of. Wait, the... wait, wait, wait! I can't. I can't. Oh, okay. I, I can't, we're not done with actors yet. Oh, okay. Because Michelle Rodriguez is in this film. <laughs> How is Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> on par okay. for what I, you know? I don't think Michelle Rodriguez is is, is outdoing my hatred of <laughs> seeing her on screen. Okay, she's... And maybe I'll go a little bit lighter. Is she really horrible in this? No. 
I feel like she was worse in like Avatar or something like okay, that. Okay, okay, sure. Yeah, when she's playing more to the the you know the the tough girl type of um, stare, uh, you know, typecasting yes. that she falls yes. into. Um, and Paul Walker. Paul Walker, I would say, yeah. You know? Really? Well, I, yeah. that, well, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. It makes sense. He's having some fun. We will see in two him have a lot more fun, and I feel like that's where that's where Paul Walker really really shines. I, I can't imagine him. I haven't watched this in a very long time. Sure, sure. Unfortunately, um, no, no. Fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> get out with your skin still on. But it comes across as like not. I don't know. Is he selling it? Is he selling the character? I, I'll say this much: the pressure that Toretto gives uh is an odd one you know there's this silent intensity that he has again as a byproduct of vin diesel just not talking that much right so, right uh that goes away very quickly uh <laughs> but there is a, a, a cool line that it rides because he's expecting having to be a, a tough criminal to in you know kind of get into a a crime family but then what what uh brian o'connor is met with is this family appeal. And right, yeah. that's where this kind of opens up a gateway that he has a crush on his sister and that romance blossoms there. So it juggles a lot, but that that's where I think the film potentially works. It's, again, a little stale, but uh, that, that's where I would give it the credit on landing on somewhat on the pause event. Okay, all right, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, back to music. Back to that bad music. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I don't really mind some generic house and trance music used, but the the licensed songs just suck. <laughs> I mean, it's just bad. <laughs> This brings my biggest critique. There is more partying than racing in this film. Mm. Um, this will be not not for partying, but this will be my critique time and a uh, time after time again that racing is not the focus of these films. Uh, ironically, yeah, I thought really one was. I thought yeah. those early ones were all about racing. Yeah, there's there's more party scenes, and granted that that's supporting. This kind of this undercover crime tension, this uh, you know him falling in love with the sister, right? Uh, but it just blows my mind that racing is just not the main focus in the story. Time is split enough juggling the romance and then the cops, but now countless scenes are just having lame parties with Dom's crew having a Corona and talking about family. It's just like. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, I <laughs> that's where this movie gets shot in the foot. It's just like, I feel like you could chop it down, I feel like you just don't need these party scenes, um, I feel like tension should have been built on the streets, uh, behind the wheel, you know, in a race. Yeah, of course. So, uh, the drama around the romance is, is very weak, uh, I use drama very lightly. The fact that the plot shifts around the romance is also disappointing, it's just a classic case of just like, you're enjoying a film, and it's just like, the romance is getting in the way absolutely you know it's yep. just like why you gotta you know why you gotta do this right so. just go have a race yeah exactly uh folks uh sadly i could pick apart this film uh and i think i'm gonna give it a little bit of a mercy kill here <laughs> uh and skip some of the secondary notes i have it's that fake lore that this series will pull out of its ass that i can't exactly say avoid this movie altogether either uh, if anything there's so much pulled time and time again from this first uh, from this first film right but this movie is best described as kind of a vapid blockbuster in 2001 and a vapid blockbuster today we're gonna go ahead and give the fast and the furious 2001 a 51 a 51 okay all right Right side of that coin. Uh, we are. I'm excited uh, to see where we go from here. Yeah, a 51, I wouldn't say surprising. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe even a little bit more fair than I thought you were going to give it. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah, because 
again, it's 22 years old and, yeah. you know, it's got some issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that was great. Yeah. So that article, I think it's very cool that it kind of came from this 1998 yeah. article. Very cool. Um, it's I, a good read, too. Yeah, I put it in this previous newsletter. I'll put it in the next one as well. Sure. Um, so people can kind of check it out if they're interested in seeing that. I also have some a link on there as well. There's some great kind of B-roll footage, some behind-the-scenes action Mm -hmm. uh, footage of them actually filming action scenes for the new one, Fast 10. Okay. And it's uh, boys at a big production. Like, (laughs) Real Streets, it's a lot going on. So just kind of kind of cool to see that B-roll and everything like that. Okay, so let's keep on going. This is... He's exhausted already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're jumping to you. Oh, and also, it's I think it's fun to say, because it's just the first film, they don't know where it's going to go from here Mm -hmm. and everything like that. Had a budget of $38 and worldwide it did make two hundred and seven. So, of course, as these just become just absolute printing machines, essentially. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? But uh, it starts simple $38 but it made six times... The money that they spent on it, so that's what you need to birth a franchise for sure. And why only two years later in two thousand three we get Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> uh, different director now. This is John Singleton. Yep. And let's jump into it. How is Too Fast? So the chatter online uh, with this one, both critics and fans, is that this is possibly the worst one, scoring high thirties critically, and where mm. even the most soulless sequels get much much higher praise. Uh, John Singleton directing hits like 1991's Boys in the Hood admittedly might be a little bit out of his element here, but I feel like it's a fresh perspective on what he's bringing. Uh, Tom, let me tell you, it brings me great joy to tell everyone that they are wrong. Too Fast, Too Furious may be the best. The, the best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> now, let me let me let me let me ease off. <laughs> let me ease off. Okay. Ease off. I I kid you not. It might be the best title, Too Fast, Too Furious, out of all the titles. <laughs> I, I, I certainly enjoy it the I, most. I think Fast and Furious, the fourth in the franchise, makes the most sense. Oh, just, uh, yeah, Fast and Furious. it's just Fast and Furious. You that's cut all. the the. Yeah. But Too Fast, Too Furious, it is funny. It's great. But boy, oh boy, I mean. Yeah. I, I, we definitely have a Predator 2 scenario here where okay. I'm, I'm fighting an uphill battle a little bit. Break it down. I mean, we have a whole <laughs> new cast, essentially, except for Paul Walker. Yeah. I mean, I like Eva Mendes, too. I think she's unbelievably beautiful, but... <laughs> The best in the Fast and Furious, but okay, all right. <laughs> Not that the bar is set too high. Uh, so, uh, and I'll have obviously, uh, we can do kind of a definitive ranking at the end of uh, next week's episode yeah, absolutely. as well. But seriously, this movie has a laser focus on what is lost time and time again with these movies, and that is racing. Uh, the street culture here is much more cartoonish. Honestly, uh, it. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit of a knee jerk reaction, but I think it pairs better, and I mean, it pairs better because they're just having a lot of fun with it. Mm. Um, the opening race sequence was so much like an arcade r- a racing game; it's crazy. Making each of the racers themed in some way, and taking car modifications to the absolute wildest. Everything's got neon. Everything's got nos. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. There was there was such a a heightened element uh, that this film was having fun and absorbing its campiness uh, in a way that 
honestly, these these new sequels where they say, oh, it's so crazy, it's so crazy, right. bro, you don't know what they're going to do. Those are so much more boring from the fun that this film has. Uh, it is very interesting. Oh yeah, uh, I I will I will die on the sword for fast, too fast, too furious. <laughs> this movie also plays uh, much more into the kind of fun debate among car heads of import versus muscle, uh, which is fun. Uh, and don't be fooled either by this coming before Tokyo Drift. Too Fast, Too Furious is the real anime. Racers are able to just talk smack to each other from their driver's seat without any explanation. <laughs> it uh, it really does feel like a speed racer or like a mech anime where they're just like talking. like, how are they hearing each other? <laughs> but there's there's just such fun that this film is having with that. Uh, and, uh, and if anything, giving an explanation to it, giving a, a one-liner, I feel like would immediately take the priority off of this film understands what it is and is trying to yeah. capture you know you walk into an arcade and you see this garish lit up double seat arcade cabinet that's you know any type of racer that is what this movie is trying to achieve and achieves it so well wow okay yeah. i like that yeah now but your comparison to the newer ones because the newer ones are action-packed and everything like that right. it's a lot going on mm -hmm. but the whole f the, the fun aspect that just like the fun aspect is not there they're super spies they're gritty they're right, like wannabe right, yeah. mission impossible born bond batman yeah, that's definitely what they're trying to be <laughs> yeah and just with this crazy car combat that'll be plenty of talking points uh even in in fast and furious four and five but let me tell you, here there is a there is a magic mix to okay. it. So I'm so happy about this. <laughs> like I said, it's an uphill battle. Yes. I, I feel like people that know this movie are gonna be raising an eyebrow. Don't be shy, as long as yeah. The beauty about all this camp, though, is that the movie has no interest in explaining all of it, like I said, and is just far too busy focusing on racing. You hear about you know, how crazy the franchise gets after five. Yes, it does get crazy, but those films become just Mission Impossible, super spy monstrosities, and they only get amped up to give our characters more spy action moments outside of the car. The craziness that is amped up very little has very uh, very seldomly has to do with car racing itself it's either some sort of upgrade to the character that hmm. allows them to operate like they like they aren't just street racers from <laughs> california so every piece of this film is clocked up to the point of being ridiculous in service of the racing nothing else and that's kind of my that's kind of my uh, I, no, <laughs> my I, I, thesis. That's on, on too fast, too furious. <laughs> Thanks for joining. You're very worried about this. You're very, but I think that's a complete logical. I like all the sounds well, yeah, of that. Yeah, well, well there, there's some atrocious CGI that I'll get to in just a moment that maybe, maybe is going to rob me of credibility, but we'll see. Uh, Paul Walker is playing Brian O'Connor again and is pulled back for another job with the feds after events with Toretto's crew. Hmm. Uh, we start out with him finding a new partner for the job uh, to take down a Miami crime lord. Uh, so no Vin Diesel, thankfully, and I think that's right. <laughs> that added that added some enjoyment for me. Uh, <laughs> this introduces Rowan Pierce, played by Tyrese Gibson, a chaotically fun wheelman that will bring out the best in Walker's performance. These two are gold on screen. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, both are having just such constant fun bringing 
excellent chemistry on scene. Um, they get tangled up in working jobs for this wannabe Scarface, but not once is it about shooting guns or sneaking around mm. or hacking a computer. It's all about racing all of the time. Yeah. Is that, you, you get I where mean, it come from? 100% because that's... <laughs> it's focused. That's right. And that's what you want from Fast and Furious films. Because yeah. even after the first one, it is. It's all about the racing. And yeah. that's why I thought I thought the one was so heavy in it. Yeah. So, But if that the fact that two was just like, let's just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do it. One's just a lot, a lot of house parties. That, that's, I, I couldn't get over how many house parties. You know, Dom's got a huge budget but, for, for Coronas and throwing house parties. But if we're here, I mean, it's an hour and 47 minutes. And if we're just going to sit down and we're going to get racing, just yeah. like in a John Wick, we know what we want to see. Sure. We, right. When you're watching a Fast and Furious, we want to see dudes in cars doing yeah. cool car stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And I like how we just basically just have black Vin Diesel. Like, we just got a bald <laughs> right. black man. Trying. Oh, Tyrese is so much better, though. He's so lively. Yeah. He brings ca- out a better performance in Walker. Yeah. He's got uh, a good character. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, everyone is having a good time. Uh, everything they do, it's all smiles. Everyone is just so happy to be in Miami driving fast cars. It is, uh, in in good conscience, I cannot call this a bad movie because I feel like okay. the performances, the fun, and the focus, it's just, I don't know, it's dialed in. There's some serious blemishes here, but it's so dialed it's in. It's more streamlined than one. Yeah, and, and for a franchise that is about delivering fun, and crazy type of, I yeah. don't know, uh, out, out there things. I feel like this one it was the only one to actually have fun on screen, like characters actually having fun. Hmm. In the later films, I feel like even these characters like Tyrese that are brought back, uh, or I'm sorry, like uh, Roman that are brought back. Right, right. You know, oftentimes the comedic setup, the fun setups are them panicking about how crazy the stakes have gone. And that's not, right. that's not fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Forgive the tasteless joke. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. But Paul Walker is so alive in this film. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh man! <laughs> Seriously, his acting was so much brighter and lively compared to any other time he's played O'Connor. Oh wow, wow! Okay, um, I'm not joking. Compared to his performance in the first and definitely the fourth film, it is night and day. It is like an entirely different actor on screen. I don't know really? where this fun goes in this it, it, fun car movie. It could you have know? been script. It could have been the the cast. The yeah. set was more alive. Yeah, like you, like, you know what I mean. It, chemistry with Tyrese. Oh, I mean, big time. Yeah, That's gonna, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, he's cooler, funnier, more charming. I feel like this is where the character clicked for me. Only for the rest of the series to throw out this tone for this spy family bullshit. Uh, You know, I mean, just the simple focus that O'Connor loves cars. Right. He's in Miami with hot women. Right. And he's having the time of his (laughs) life driving these cars. Like, that is what it needed. That's, That's all it is. Praise for Tyrese Gibson again. He is an awesome sidekick with some great chemistry with Walker in a way that Diesel could never do and repeatedly never does <laughs> with walker uh script wise this is where we get some of our stupidest lines but every time they call them each other like bro or cuz it's sold because of the fun they're having in each other's yeah it's it's 
it's like, yeah, they're kind of both idiots. They're kind of both bros, but they rock that, you know? Do you think this is the director coming from kind of the Boys in the Hood movie uh, and, ju- and just... I, you know, it, it has to be. Maybe, I, I honestly thought that was going to be a watch in coming weeks because I want to see, I think Boys in the Hood is like a duo. Mm. And mm-hmm. then, of course, throughout this entire franchise, I was kind of thinking of like Bad Boys or something like that. Definitely, that comes to mind, um, yeah. I, I'm definitely curious to check out that to see if there's any kind of, uh, you know, any breadcrumbs there. Right, right. But but uh, Roman in this film uh, might be my favorite character in the series, but it is specifically for Roman in Too Fast, Too Furious. He will have to morph to fill the more serious tones in the future movies that they juggle. But here he is genuinely funny, fiercely loyal, and just seriously great. The, f- the fact that I have two big praises for acting, I think, That's needs to speak volumes for it how, does. like... Cookie Cutter and Blockbuster, this movie franchise. Yeah, I thought he was terrible in this. Yeah. Like, thinking back on it, I thought he was just, like, bad. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going to have to watch this one. That's being, this is being watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no joke, the seeds of what this series will become are planted here. The plot is a little bit more James Bondish, and not just for the undercover aspect. Uh, Cole Hauser plays our villain with a Bond-style uh, yeah. torturing scene and everything. Cole Hauser, by the way, is the guy on Yellowstone now. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember. He plays Kevin Costner's main right-hand man, oh, ranch okay. hand, yeah, kind yeah. of. Very funny. Wow. Uh, humble beginnings. Yeah. Too fast, too furious. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to bring that to Yellowstone. It really does, this, this, these, these sprinklings of spy uh, lays down the template for what these films will become it is law versus crime with our crew being somewhere in the middle finding their own way that yeah. if uh, not not to oversimplify it or not to even be cynical but that really is the writing template you can go pretty simple on these films yeah I mean, can... plug it into an AI that's you're gonna get a <laughs> you're gonna get a Fast and Furious script spin out what was really surprising is camera work in normal scenes uh, it was kind of solid two scenes in particular were straight up great the camera is very dynamic presenting even mundane Dane talking scenes with a lot of motion. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of dynamic work going on there. Matthew uh, Linetti is behind the lens on this one and gives us my favorite shot, I think, in the whole series. There is a tracking shot hmm. uh, for a helicopter that's flying overhead. Presumably, a camera car is a truck with a, with a, with a crane uh, or with an arm, and it's tracking this this helicopter. It outpaces the helicopter, so now the camera is upside down, and then reveals a cop car chase behind them, of which it flips and have the cars drive by. It was fucking awesome. Wow. It was an okay. awesome shot. Okay, like, ballsy, uh, fun to look at from a pr- production standpoint. Like to see, like, oh, how they do that. Yeah, it's like, impressive that you're saying all this about the second film in this franchise <laughs> in 2003. Yeah, right, like that's this is when your best shots coming yeah, from. Right, wow. right. Uh, at least my personal favorite. I mean, obviously the car mayhem will will outdo itself time and time again. But right, right. There was something there was something really special about the camera work here. So love it. Uh, notable stunts here. Uh, that same cop chase uh, with with the helicopter, uh, as well as the first race after getting the job with the crime boss. They have like once again rival racers. Like I guess bad guy racers. <laughs> you know? It's not it's not rocket science, but it's fun. Uh, it's and, fun, yeah. and and the the way they interact with is not a fight, not punching each other, not shooting each other. It's racing. They all they they solve their problems through racing. It's totally what the game should be. It's great. It, it, the it, game. It, it is. It's like a game. <laughs> yeah. You want yeah. it to kind of be a bit of a video game. Yeah. Yeah. So now, folks, I've danced around this long enough. 
the CGI is atrocious. Okay. <laughs> uh, this shit looks like Transformers Beast Wars, the original TV show. <laughs> This is a plug to a future week when we have to review the new Transformers. Yeah. I mean, it's seriously, it, Tom. Have you ever seen those wild like Nigerian films with like the worst CGI ever, like the cats with like m- missiles coming out of the out of their no, necks? No, okay. I haven't seen the wild Nigerian films. No. <laughs> so there are on in in the deep reaches of the internet <laughs> some wild Nigerian films that have just some horrible CGI. It looks like that okay. in two thousand three. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> double the budget, by the way. Right. Literally just doubled it, 76 mil. That's a great point because I think uh, I what know, maybe they felt pressured <laughs> to like create these entirely digital race sequences sometimes. Um, but there was like racing. Like there was real cars there, doing yes. in motion. It's it's basically it, – it infects basically the opening race sequence that it spliced in and occasion, and I think for the closing credits as well. Okay. Is it good? Not even close. Okay. Not even right. close. But, but, bear <laughs> with me here. I think an argument could be made for a stylistic choice. Alongside the cartoonish arcade racing cars, there's a seriously arcadeness to these visual effects. They don't look good, mm. but they also don't look, they, they suspiciously don't look good for 2003 either. Interesting. No less with a double budget. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like. Maybe it's a headcanon. Maybe, you know, it's not the right way to see the film. I feel like you can see these, again, atrocious CGI right. effects and see them as stylistically to try to, again, create this arcade immersion. Atrociously appropriate. <laughs> right? I love that. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's, that's definitely what I'm going to stick with. <laughs> okay. This this long into too fast, too furious <laughs> review. <laughs> But I like that. It's. I mean, it, it could be. Hey, it's so bad that it's good a little bit as yes, well. There's we're an definitely to in big territory. Yeah. Um, for this, but I feel like specifically for what we're looking towards for the focus on racing, that's where this is in the actual good territory. Right. Um, but those those effects are very heavy handed. You're gonna have a gut reaction. You're gonna say, "Whoa, what is going on?" But I'm telling you, it's the, the it, it's worth kind of going through. But like the digital effects in the first one, it's really only there for one or two races. Everything else is real stunt work. Uh, and everything else, and I mean everything in the movie, mm-hmm. is 90% about racing. No parties, very little spy shit, and certainly no family shoveled down your throat. Um, even the implied romance with Eva Mendez is... I don't know. It's 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 fast and and, and it's, it's it's not getting in the way. It's not getting in yeah. the way. You're not like, oh boy, here we go. You know, it's they they enjoy racing in cars more. So, <laughs> uh, all joking aside, if you listen to when I praise character writing, it is always around operating in how the story uh, operating in the story of how they are written. Uh, I think my my template is going back to that Jurassic Park one review that. These characters are operating as scientists. These racers are racing. Our characters are drivers. Therefore, they progress the plot by racing. And I find that creates a much better sequel than any of the car mayhem and spy action the rest of the franchise gives us. We're going to go ahead and give Too Fast, Too Furious, a 63. Okay, all right, 63. (laughs) Not a lot of movement. I mean, not that much movement. Right. 
from the first one. <laughs> but I, and like I said, it's uh, I feel like uh, uh, I'm battling a lot with this one because largely this is considered the worst of, okay. of the bunch. And you will see because you're not. You only got through seven of them, <laughs> and we're only going to hear five of them today. But okay, sixty-three folks may be the best score <laughs> of all ten. It might, it might be <laughs> number one. Um, okay, sixty-three percent for Too Fast, Too Furious. I, I guess one question I had is uh, like locale. Mm. So you said they were in Miami in this one. Yep. Is that are we centered in Miami? Yeah, pretty much all of these films until we get into the later five where they get more spy the jet, jet setting. setting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pretty much all of these can be boiled down to they're picking one new city to set it in. For Wait, instance. what? For the newer ones, you mean? Uh, no, no. Uh, pretty much all of these. Um, oh, but it's not Miami every single time, right? So. Uh, perfect example. Next one is Tokyo. Uh, uh, Fast and Furious is Mexico. Uh, five is gotcha, Brazil. Okay. You know, I mean, they but pick one at a time. The first one is Miami. Yeah, and the second one is Miami. Uh, no, first one is California. Oh, okay. All right. It's in Glendale. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. Different locale for each movie. Yeah. All right. So, let's just go ahead and jump on. Like you said, this is The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift in 2006. This is now directed by Justin Lin, Mm, who will go on to direct more. A little confused about things. So, let's just jump into it. It's a little unique one here. Mm. Tokyo Drift, kind of why was it made? How does it perform? And how yeah. do you like it? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, uh, gives us a clean slate for our characters. And from what I can tell, fan kinda, fans kind of still consider this the ugly duckling of the series. Yeah. Justin Lin is directing here, helming four of these movies, uh, and this being his first with covering the remaining slots for our episode. Uh, and full credit to him because his eye for car stunt work is clearly a highlight for these series. And reaches new heights in this entry specifically. I feel like uh, the car stunt work, the physical destruction of cars, just how willing he's to wreck these expensive-ass cars, you know. (laughs) I feel like there's some credit there. I'm not a huge fan of Justin Lin. I'm definitely not a fan after (laughs) seeing the ones that he's directed, but, you know, there is some credit there. Uh, it's also important to note that this movie takes place later in the timeline, as you alluded, Tom. There's, I don't know if it's multiple timelines, but it is a later entry uh, taking place sometime after Fast and Furious 6, uh, and we loop around with this Which, movie then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then we kind of approach this storyline again yep. way, way down the road. Yeah. And it's... <sighs> I don't know. And then Hobbs and Shaw. We're not doing Hobbs and Shaw, no, correct? No. Okay, all right. Uh, Perspectively, I'm saving Hobbs and Shaw and the 50s Fast and, Fast and Furious for when Fast 11 comes out okay. in a oh, year. <laughs> that'll be perfect. That'll be perfect. Okay. Yeah, so. Uh, but uh, it, I think it, it works just watching them release order. Uh, I kind of had a... <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I had a, not a panic attack, but I, I really put some research into what is the proper watching order of these. Right, do you need to reshuffle? Honestly, the way it's called back, and again, with this kind of fake lore that the series cooks up just watch them in release order i think that's totally okay so uh this movie location hops yet again uh, to one of the sources for tuner culture and drifting but dials back the crime to tell kind of a more age appropriate story in true anime fashion this is a high school age adventure uh, we follow a country boy named Sean Boswell, sent to Japan as a punishment for his reckless racing. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> uh, little does he know he will embark on a Gaijin's hero's journey to learn the art of drifting. <laughs> Pretty racist, if you ask me. <laughs> 
I mean, talk about cultural appropriation. People were upset Scarlett Johansson playing an anime character. Where were, where were those crowds now or back then? Uh, the Yakuza uh, does enter into the mix to raise the, st- the stakes for high schoolers just just a bit, but uh, only when the pl- plot has run out of cookie-cutter problems to source from. And those cookie-cutter problems are, hey, quit talking to my girlfriend. Uh, hey, I challenge you to a race. I feel like the juvenile tone of this, the high school tone... It made me take everything a lot more, a lot less serious here. I, so. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine the acting was very good. <laughs> no, but we'll I'll let get you go. You'll get your own pace. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're right there, uh, folks. I have to be honest, though. The worst part about this movie is our lead, played by Lucas Black. He mm-hmm. is outright terrible. Some uh, by 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 some terrible decision, they made him this country bumpkin. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> Southern draw idiot, uh, and in this very Asian setting that he's in, he six sticks out like the sore thumb he is. I mean, it is. It's bad. It's, it's not. It's, it, I've never experienced whiplash with line delivery. I think I may have <laughs> now. So this isn't like like a John Wayne Branigan in England type <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> somehow, somehow you got Branigan. <laughs> Thank you. He's got it. But uh, bigger shock than that. Oh, bigger, bigger okay. shock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bigger shock like an ice bath of shock man he sounds like a total imbecile i mean i am not kidding it is outright terrible straight up sounds like he belongs in king of the hill that's how bad is the actor is. is the actor naturally a southern boy i have no idea get him off the screen <laughs> I, I that's a good point i don't know i think for how Overly Southern it is. I think it is a very bad accent yeah, work. He's hamming it up. I, I don't know for sure. Okay. But, uh, uh, then we have the romance focus, uh, like we had with one, and Antonia Sean is just not doing it. Back <laughs> off the acting, Sean. I think he is going to come back around eventually, but we'll see. Okay. We do get a fan favorite. Uh, Sung Kang is introduced as Han, someone we will see again and again in future movies, and a serious fan favorite among our... What will be our cast of drivers, our Avengers of drivers, if you will. <laughs> nice. we, we hit all the plugs. And he's pretty damn cool. He comes from the bad Brad Pitt school of acting where he's just eating constantly. Mm, okay, cool. Uh, and uh, Han is a welcome addition, though, because um, he's probably the only real good performance in this film. And he's legitimately a cool character. Han's always been, you know, a, a good highlight in all these films. Okay. So. Uh, little Bow Wow isn't very good. Never thought I had to say that in my life. Uh, but apparently he comes back in the ninth one. So maybe we'll uh, he'll redeem himself. Yeah, I mean, these films run out of run out of gas, run out of uh, <laughs> fodder wow. of characters to pull from. Because f- by the time we get to five, they've already pulled the Avengers card. We're getting the whole crew back together. We're getting, you know. But this is, uh, right, but when five comes around, these players are still in their own Tokyo Drift universe. A little story, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, all right. I guess we'll just have to go. Just along for the ride. They pull Who's the Doctor Strange that comes and (laughs) blends these universes? That's little Bow Wow. It's Twinkie? Is his name in the movie Twinkie? Twinkie. (laughs) I was going to bring it up. Oh, man. Who let him him have that name? (laughs) 
Uh, I'll say uh, this is a much slower film. Uh, the Japanese tuning and drift culture is very cool, though. Uh, of course, I will be remiss if uh, I didn't mention the anime Initial D. So much of the visuals, racing track variety, and emphasis on drifting to all ties back to that 1998 anime. And clearly, Justin Lin should be given some credit for capturing real stunt work that was only ever animated otherwise. So, oh, like okay. I said, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Lin's directing. He also kind of crapped on an already declining Star Trek franchise when he did the he did the Star Trek Beyond. Oh my god. <laughs> that was, He's that was the one a who did the, Oh my god. <laughs> that was an actual revelation for you. <laughs> so okay, so but but with the action so at least he can do a car chase. Yeah, a car chase, a car crash. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? And did I, it feel anime E? Absolutely. Okay, that's cool. That's uh, cool. Especially on the real, you know, there's there's this Japanese hill that that is like a crazy zigzag. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been in Initial D. That's been in other things. And what, so, Initial D is what again? Uh, an old anime from 1998. Okay, but like a classic? Uh, uh, nah, maybe not a classic, but a car classic. Oh, it's okay. all about car racing. Go- okay, gotcha. It's all about drifting. CGI is uh, back to being on par with the first one, which, believe it or not, is better. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, that, that's just the weird aspect of two. Uh, but let me tell you, the physical stunts are uh, that, that are done with cars might be the very best. Uh, easily the best real car work yet in the series. Hmm. And there's just some things that I, I just, I, I think I prefer. Even though we get so crazy and so wild in the car mayhem eventually, there's, there's a nice balance here uh, that will get thrown out. <laughs> a whole, whole hand. It's that balance with the car destruction that I, I want to praise again Justin Lin a little bit. Uh, the early, uh, as far as notable stunts, the early wreck that lands Sean in, in Japan, the first parking garage race sequence, and the classic drifting hill sequence, all very, very notable stunts and, okay. and, and good stuff. Okay. So I would say I didn't like this movie a lot, but production-wise, it looks great and might have just saved it. Uh, off of the street racing alone, it's excellent. However, there's quite a lot of blah in this film, uh, from generic high school romance to just some real terrible acting. I would say it all kind of equals out, but still might be the best as a standalone film as it was originally designed to be. We're going to go ahead and give The Fast and The Furious Tokyo Drift a 53. 53, okay. We really landed in a nice little puddle here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A little lackluster, but I mean, it's, you know... Okay, and by the way, as far as maybe let's look at this. So, too <laughs> fast, <laughs> too fast, too furious. Uh, you liked it for how much racing there was. Yeah. If you had to say percentage of racing mm. in the film, sixty. Okay, so that's there's to- a lot of high school and there's the romance. Tokyo and- Drift. What are we getting? Uh, sixty. Oh, sixty. I meant for yeah. too fast, too furious. Oh, right? like ninety. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all racing. Okay. All right. All right. So fifty three percent on the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Very good. Okay. So now we get back. The crew comes together. I'll touch base on some. Let's go through some numbers, actually. Sure, sure. So, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, like I said, it doubled number one budget. So, $76 million. It made $236, mm. uh, 236 worldwide. Okay. It's about $30 million more than the first one. Tokyo Drift, out of all 10 films, well, I'm sure what will be all 10 films, yeah, yeah. Uh, the worst performing. Really? So, it's got an $85 million budget, along with four, by the way. Uh, and it made only $159. Uh, 85 is with uh, four has 85 as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So, to- yeah. So, uh, Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious both have um, 
$85 million. And wow. I think they just kept it the same because Tokyo Drift performed the worst. Mm. So it made its money back, but uh, barely. And not mm. actually, it didn't really make its money back, actually. Now that sure. A- after, after marketing as well. I'm well, they sure. say you got to double it. Yep. So budget of 85, they only made 159. Mm. So it's the only film that, that grossed less than 200 million. Wow. Wow. Worldwide. So. And that's what I kind of commented on. It's still kind of, even, even for fans, it's the, it's the ugly stepchild, basically. It's totally. kind of a pariah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. All right. Let's jump back. We're back in the normal universe, the normal world now. <laughs> Uh, again, this is three years later, so we have 01, 03, 06. This is now 2009. This is Fast and Furious, again, directed by Justin Lin. Let's pick it up right away. I'm kind of shocked that they gave him the reins mm. just because it was the worst performing movie That's a great of the three that had came out at that point. Yeah. I don't know what where the trust is in that. I sure. mean, I really don't get that. But uh, let's get into it right away. How'd you like it? Yeah, um, well... Fast and Furious, I I did not like, uh, and (laughs) uh, unfortunately, is not a good way to kick off where uh, this this franchise is going to be going. Folks, we're down just to three words for the title. Insert Justin Timberlake from Social Network, cutting out the the out of the name. (laughs) It's it's just a product of the time. This is coming out in two thousand nine. This is definitely in the wake of Dark Knight, where everything needs to be gritty and dark and. You would think that sounds good. <laughs> you would think that sounds good. Yeah. And correct, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the start of this middle trilogy that they do? Uh, Does that yeah. start now? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, that's interesting that you picked up on that. It's basically Justin Lin has this little trilogy running out to six. Okay. Uh, I thought I had read that five to like five, six, and seven are their own thing? They do tie into uh, each other very directly. Like the ends of each of these movies play okay, directly well they, okay, into it. Okay, there you it. go. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, but this is four. So five, six, seven are their own thing. This is four. I'm, I'm getting confused now. Uh, similar though. Uh, four definitely plays right into five. Oh, okay. Uh, right, in gotcha. addition to Justin Lin uh, helming it. Okay, all right. So... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to. I feel like- I'm white knuckling it here. <laughs> I feel like that's good evidence, though, because if people don't know how to navigate this, guess what? Vin's got your answers. Uh, this time, the Toretto crew tr- cracks down on heroin by doing what? By drug running. And <laughs> talk about enablement. Uh, we see the return of both Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor once again on opposite sides of the law. Until they are brought together to find the criminal underworld that separates Michelle Rodriguez from from Dom, uh, playing the love interest for Dom, Letty. Uh, and we start to slowly slip into the tropes of these later films. And mainly mm. that is the uh, super spy character writing and car mayhem. Uh, car mayhem, kind of self-explanatory. It's what the series is famous or infamous for. But the super spy aspect is what I really want to dive into. Characters are so wildly, wildly given uh, control over the plot uh, and abilities that aren't are not are not true to their character at the start of it. I'm not saying that you can't progress it, right. but are just such wild leaps of believability okay. uh, that pretty much in every one of these films, at least, again, I'm at the time of recording this, I'm at seven. Uh, like, no, if it falls off of her fate of the furious, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, there's just this everyone can do everything. Everyone's a super genius. Everyone's a super hacker. Everyone's a mechanic. Everyone, you know what I mean? It's, yep, it's, it's, yep, absolutely. It robs stakes. So, uh, we'll, we'll 
plenty of commentary for that. It's an awkward transition, though, here. Uh, there is officially a new mood and tone this film has taken on. One of a more serious gravitas that is presented in this generic Jason Bourne-style garbage. This is honestly probably a flawless example of the ultra-gritty trend in the late 2000s. And man, does it f- leave this film lifeless. This film mm. is the anomaly. This film really? feels so lifeless and doesn't have the amped-up stakes to get crazy enough. So this really is its middle child. Yeah. Trying to lose its identity, but doesn't even know who it is yet, really. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. And maybe, yeah, doesn't, especially doesn't know who it is yet. Interesting. So, I was begging for any of these later movies to have the fun energy of Too Fast, Too Furious, but sadly, it let me down repeatedly. This actually being the worst one. Hmm. A score, soundtrack, cinematography, and worst of all, script, nothing survives this tonal shift, and it is plain and painfully awful. Uh, it is It is. It is bad. Uh, I have to be honest, coming back to Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez was not fun. Yep. I feel like their acting <laughs> is just so bad in this. Vin is just a plank of wood. Uh, uh, he cannot lead this movie for shit. Uh, <laughs> he has like this Batman detective vision now. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, he forensically analyzes in his mind a car crash. (laughs) And meanwhile, he just looks, like, idiotic. So he's, like, calculating everything in his mind. And now suddenly he's this, like, strong vengeance type. I can't hold too tightly to Fast 1 because I will – otherwise it will be a critique in every one of these films. But Toretto was only ever a decent character. He wasn't great. He was a decent character. Uh, he had some mystery, an empathetic, empathetic spin, but he's not that great. Mm. Vin is missing a little bit too many screws to really capture any degree of cool factor. Certainly, that cool factor that is needed in a leading man, you know. So when he gives these wannabe badass lines, he sounds like a total imbecile. Yeah, I mean, this dude is. So you just can't dumb. sell it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I hate you know call it. Call it friendly fire going after a fellow Vin, but <laughs> I'm telling you, the dude, he needs to stop acting. <laughs> Man, I would love to watch him in Triple X now, too. Triple X, the Riddick movies. Right, he's supposed to be, Riddick's a little bit different. Triple X, he's still supposed to be this badass agent, kind of like <laughs> yeah. cool guy, can do everything. Yeah. And maybe in the, uh, I don't know, uh, when was Triple X? That was probably mid-2000s, right? Maybe in the wake of that, that's where, again, they thought, oh, why don't we just do that in the Fast and Furious franchise, you know? Yeah. Like producer type of talk. I know. So. And it's funny because I like the idea of going I, – I like the idea of going serious. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of going Jason Bourne, whatever, some sort of gritty grittiness and everything like mm-hmm. that. Like, that sounds cool. Okay. And like, at that point, I'm not upset that if we're not having fun. Like, if you're going to give me James Spy Bond – Spy action. Yeah, James Bond isn't yeah. necessarily fun, but it's just, like, really good to watch. Right. But this just seems like it's failing all – Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the script's bad and the writer's <laughs> – Right, right. Yeah. I mean, at this point in my watching, I, I truly feared for every other movie to come because of Vin's acting <laughs> and, and central focus. Uh, I hate to say those fears really do come true. The half Batman, half crime style action in this really sucks as well. Such horrible, horrible fight choreography. Hmm. Um, there's this part where Vin is like Batman holding 
someone out the window for information. Uh, he lets them drop, and then somehow in the choreography of it, they flip to grab the same windowsill, which O'Connor saves them from. It's just like bad. Yeah, it's, it's a bad. No one's trying. Please hire <laughs> some sort of choreographer because I don't think there is. Maybe it's writer's strike. Maybe there's a choreographer strike. Ah. Uh, wow, that's an interesting yeah, take. topical. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Actually, there might have been a writer's strike. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, it, it, it's bad action. Paul Walker is back on par with his performance in Fast One as well, uh, and nowhere near as fun as in Fast Two. I'm sorry if I'm kind of holding the torch for Fast Two, but he uh, was really a blast. It was a great performance out of him. But he has to fill this kind of gritty bullshit, and especially he's now the law angle again. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, well, guess what? He now has to be kind of the buttoned-up law angle. The writing uh, behind this this side of the story uh, is is particularly bad. Pretty much any time the feds are on screen, it is cooking up an excuse for the writing that they dug themselves into. There's this weird time thing that they have to check the right the right documents in the right files and gives them this like two week window, and it's like. Couldn't your writers just figure out a different way than to throw jargon at us this way? You know, it's it's really it's really lame. This uh, clearly was the weak weak spot in writing because the next film we see the law angle reworked in a big way, a Dwayne the Rock Johnson size way, uh, which uh, thankfully looks works a lot better. We also get introduced to the new a new female racer in the crew, uh, Gal Gadot, playing Gisla Yashar. I think That's it's right, Gisla. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would say she is the lower half of the character rankings, but only because uh, it's very, very early in, Gal- uh, in Godot's career. While, of course, beautiful, her line delivery is unfortunately very terrible. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it's just it's just struggling with the simplest of dialogue that kills specifically the cool factor she's going for. She's supposed to be this like cool as ice type of racer, and uh, it just it's- unfortunately <laughs> not, not cool, not cool. Uh, <laughs> Now, though it's tame for what's to come, uh, the infamous car combat or car foo, it's here, folks. If you if you're looking for it, the car foo is here, and there are plenty of action adventure style car sequences. Uh, I can't necessarily call them racing scenes, but there are plenty of fast cars. It is not at the point of outrageousness full time yet, but it's just ridiculous enough that it removes any true harm or stakes for our characters, which when I think of these action sequences and how I turn my brain off and how I'm not engaged with the mayhem as visually impressive or production-wise how impressive it is, I turn my brain off because I know my characters are not going to die when performing these increasingly outrageous stunts. Notable stunts here, there is a mine shaft race sequence that's pretty intense, uh, and then also the opening heist, um, which I'll give credit to it, but it's also a perfect example of why I don't think these the spectacle works without stakes. Um, there's this; it's right in the opening. There's this gas truck that they're that they're heisting, and it's rolling out of control, and Letty is yelling in Dom's ear, and he just drives right towards it and like drifts underneath it. And all right, 
cool, visually whatever, but in no way do I fear for their life. Right. Uh, in Abs- the way abs- that the action is being sold. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's just too safe. Everything is too safe. Yeah. And the danger isn't there. Exactly. Yeah. And that only compounds the crazier we get. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the praise that these later films get of just like, oh, bro, can you believe that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so- uh, you know that 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 shit. It doesn't mean anything right. when I know the crew is gonna be a okay. Uh, <laughs> folks, uh, this one was just uh, so painfully generic, so painfully boring. Uh, I really thought it was a total waste of time. Even the early films, uh, while they are certainly not great movies, they had an identity of their own here. And to top it all off, I think that this one could even be a pass with the franchise lore itself. Uh, We will see this film's events retconned again and again. Uh, I feel like uh, it's it's a total pass even within the franchise recommendation. We're going to go ahead and give Fast and Furious 2009 a 33. Wow, 33, big dip, big dip. It's a bit deeper of a puddle. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you mean that. You think that people can just kind of go ahead and skip by. I think so. You're not going to miss too much, not drop too much? I mean, there there obviously are aspects that are brought up, but again and again, they're just retconned for this fake lore. You know what I mean? And by fake lore, I mean, it's like you're pulling this shit out of your ass. It's not real lore. That wasn't there in the films. (laughs) Um, wow, okay, all right, so 33% for Fast and Furious. Again, I still think it's the best name. Um, real quick, we want to remind people, you know, we don't do producer segment on kind of these specials, so, but just a quick reminder, we're going on the value for value model. Are you finding the podcast, the website, the newsletter valuable? If you can, you go to the dailyratings.com, you go to the donations tab, and through monetary support, you can show us what kind of value you're getting from kind of everything that we're sending out. Mm-hmm. And through kind of donating our way, basically, you be become a producer and you become an official producer of the daily ratings mm-hmm. so with that money that you're sending us you go ahead and write in a note we're going to go ahead and read that right here on the podcast whether it's questions critiques comments whatever it doesn't matter if you're going to take the time to fill out the form and, and, and send us some cash then we really appreciate it we're going to read whatever you write there yep. and again it makes you an official producer of the daily rating so if you're getting value from all this go ahead to the dailyratings.com and head to the donations tab now, okay, so this is our last <laughs> film today, and this is when the franchise really takes a turn. Mm. So now it's a $125 million budget when four only made $360 million worldwide, mm-hmm. which was the most grossing. This now made $626. Whoa, and, I, and I'll make a note for almost literally all of these, all mm-hmm. nine of these so far that are out. It, they do okay in the States. They mm-hmm. do all right. Really nothing to like get crazy and shout about. Okay. They are huge international films, and most notably China. Oh, wow. Huge in China. Yeah. Interesting. They are consistently now, like, I think once one five comes along, and maybe even four, uh, always, China's always performing better as far as even in the US, which almost never, ever happens. Interesting. So it is strange, but they're really starting to clock up here. Five. It, they're making money to it, and they know things are going to be <laughs> happening now. I want to jump right into it. How did we like Fast Five? I, I feel like it was a little bit of return to form, and look out, folks, because we're going out on a big one. Fast Five, in addition to being one of the better titles uh, in the in the agreed. franchise. Yep, agreed. Yeah, maybe we can have a, a title ranking as well, in addition to no, the that'd score be fun. Ranking. Yeah. It is largely considered the best of the series, and a perfect mix of what the series was and what it will become, but does it live up to the hype? 
unfortunately, kind of a yes and no. Okay. Um, we pick up exactly where four left off, making this more of a direct sequel than we have seen so far. Our gang is on the run, or should I say on the ropes, because can you smell? <laughs> the Rock is tracking them down. I actually think um, this writing is a good early praise, an early win for the film. Super Cop Hobbs, played by The Rock. Is he a little cringy? Sure. Mm-hmm, uh, right. I mean, is he absolutely drac- uh, jacked? Sure. I-, I felt it was a surprise praise for me because the writing was kind of shocking to me in a good way. Not only do we get a charismatic anti-hero to see what the law is up to during the plot, not only now does that relieve Brian O'Connor as a character to be now fully part of Toretto's crew, right. which is where he needs to be. We, it adds a new layer of tension to the action with Hobbs being such a threat to shutting the crew down. It, it, it's, it's a little bit of tension from both sides, which I think just works better as a action thriller. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where before the law angle was just like, and oh, they're, they're acting crazy. We can't control these racers. Right, like, right. you know, it, it, <laughs> it's like a non-factor. Uh, now the law is actually a factor of tension. For right. You actually have some stakes here. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. But Toretto's crew can't just lay low. They got to pull off one last job to get the payday to freedom. Five out of ten. Uh, <laughs> the fifth film out of ten. And we're talking about one last job. I feel, <laughs> I feel like if they knew what they were going to do, cut that yeah, out. Don't. <laughs> Can't stop that. Yeah, we're just silly now. So a full-on reunion with the gang is needed. A true Avengers moment one year earlier, actually. Uh, this is 2011. Uh, this means fan favorites from 1, 2, 3, and 4 make an appearance, appearance giving some heist expertise, <laughs> I guess, uh, that I assure you that ca- their characters did not have previously. They did not have this heist expertise. Ludacris uh, will be a... Character that I touch on more and more in the second half. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he went from like an event promoter to now super genius. Okay. Like from, Q almost. Okay. And, and from like the first one. one. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, from, well, it's tough. Originally, the character I think was Ja Rule. I think it then got yes. recasted as uh, Lucas. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, this reunion is where Fast Five gets all the love from fans. Uh, but honestly, I could just give two shits about it. <laughs> Characters are not written how they were in their individual films. So my observation is like, do they even matter when they show up as newly written, uh, you know, newly f- forced through the mold and the lens of right. the tone that this film is the taking. Same name, different character. Exactly. Yeah. A perfect example of them is cutting my favorite character, Roman, uh, and uh, making him, I don't know, his his jokes aren't even funny anymore. And who plays Roman again? Uh, Tyrese Gibson. Oh, okay, right, right. Uh, you know, he's forced to have this same serious mold as everyone, and yeah, he maybe gets one or two joking moments, but again pales in comparison to the fun that Different he was character. in the original one. Yep, yeah. yep. The heist story structure, uh, and, and you could be saying, oh, it's a heist now, it's a little bit more fun. I mean, it really plays out generic with uh, planning stages and brainstorming scene and any film like this. 
And let me tell you, the need for racing elements and cars in this heist idea is so, so, so stupid. <laughs> like, it's only five, and we're already, we don't need cars. Right, right. <laughs> that's how, that's the trajectory that we're at right now. You could just feel there's no focus on driving anymore. A flawless example, and this, I really had a bone to pick with this scene. A flawless example is they have to get this blue Porsche for uh, getting a 10-second car. It's a callback to the first one, and they have to get by some cameras super fast. They challenge this guy with a blue Porsche to a series classic pink slip race where you lose the race, you lose your rights to the car. Okay. They, they you get your car taken from you. It's a series classic. I mean, Yeah, I'm in for that. Yep. The next scene, they jump to already having the car. In that, mm. you see it flawlessly. It is not about racing anymore. Mm. The editors, the writers, Justin Lin even, saw that scene as filler. Do we really need to show them racing? Do they really need to show right. them? Right, let's just do the doing... action. Right. Yeah, let's just get, yeah. It's well, just yeah. such a a crazy understanding of their own film. It's lost its soul. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I understand how in the scope of the story, sourcing modified cars may seem like busy work and a distraction from the plot, but I assure you, editing out scenes like this will only make the franchise's identity crisis worse. And that's where I was mm. really standing with this. I mean, this is a this is a film for the fans. It's really trying to clock up nostalgia. Yeah, big, and oh, yeah, this is one. Yeah, but man, it's got the focus in all the wrong areas. Hand-to-hand fight choreography is better, uh, admittedly. Definitely not the the lows of that ledge scene that uh, Vin Diesel had. Uh, but it, And that's a direct improvement coming off of 4. I am, however, seeing a trend, at least in these Justin Lin films, that whatever action trend is hot in film at the time, they rip off. Uh, we had the gritty, dark knockoff last time, the wannabe Dark Knight. This time, we are filled with exotic location and parkour segments reminiscent of Daniel Craig-era Bond movies. Mm. What's the hot internet thing? Right. They're kind of, yeah. Exactly. It feels like this is coming off of like a Quantum of Solace or later kind of Bourne films that they're trying to rip off. Okay, F, yeah, I bet. That in itself captures a little bit of my hatred for these films. They are parasitic in nature. Uh, they are just <laughs> leeching off other movies at a certain point. So. And it's not in its DNA. You yeah. don't want to see action as far as these guys doing parkour or fighting yes you want to see them fighting in cars right. you want to see them in cars fighting that's you what you the want car food yes, yes. Uh, you want racing but we're not going to get racing so you want car food Abs- yeah 100 you know? <laughs> i'm glad we're on the same page tom i feel like i feel like even even researching the reception of these films i felt like i was taking crazy pills because it's like oh my god how do you misunderstand you were a movie critic you were not a fast and furious fan right i wasn't fan first two very very big things, two different things, very different things. I mean, it's totally different piece. <laughs> I would say the card work is largely what keeps this film in a positive rating for me. Uh, my preference for racing focus aside, we are fully in the car mayhem mode uh, for the action. Uh, and that will only go up from here. Uh, I think where this is most impressive is in wrecking the cars because a surprisingly little amount of CGI is used. They're really wrecking some cars. Especially, that's that's great. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right there. Okay, at least we're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something for it. Uh, this is where Justin Lin's uh, directing shines, honestly, and a carryover from my praise in Tokyo Drift. 
lives lost, collateral damage aside, uh, the physical destruction on screen incorporates an impressive amount of practical effects, and that production should be praised. I know a lot of moviegoers will like also, you know, maybe I shouldn't say moviegoers, but kind of uh, film buffs will like to track, you know, what's the craziest car wreck? You know, they always give it to Blues Brothers for the craziest oh, car yeah, wreck yeah, on yeah. screen. I feel like that scratched a little bit of production praise that someone could get behind okay. for how crazy they are with these these wrecks. Well, I'm nowhere to go but up at that. <laughs> You'd think. Uh, notable stunts and early train heist with the crew uh, and, of course, the true insanity of how the main heist progresses for the finale. No spoilers. Folks, as you have heard, uh, I've really tried to grasp an appreciation for this film, for the franchise, for the car culture of it. But going into this, uh, I I, I thought I was going to be able to trust fans to get it right for their franchise. I came out saying, this is the best it gets. Oh, boy. I said, oh, boy. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Sadly, for all the reunion that takes place in this film, every character has little to offer and boils down to a fan shout-out to fill a driver's seat to progress the plot. Uh, While I can't deny the praise for production this visual mayhem has, it's only surface level. Characters will increasingly push outside of how they're written simply because the plot needs them to in produce uh, in pursuit of crazier and crazier stunts. And we're only get just getting started, folks, because that pursuit of more and more <laughs> outrageous car mayhem, that's what's going to be part two of the special. We're going to go ahead and give Fast Five a 55. 50, wow, 55. Okay. Okay. All right, so what I'm seeing here... <laughs> Let's get an analysis. I'm seeing very much of the same. <laughs> Good and bad in different ways. Right. Some, a lot of the same ways, but boy, I mean, we're doing 51, 63. I mean, besides the 33, we're not... We're not. We're dancing. I mean, yeah. we're, we're dancing in the same little... In, in the same. Little, little spot. Right. Little spot. Um, you know, I mean, six sixty-three is not bad, as we say. Once when you hit low sixties, is that sixty-five? We're, right. we're in good movie territory, sure. and that's what Too Fast, Too Furious is. Otherwise, it's go ahead and listen to the podcast because they are different films. That's what's <laughs> yeah. funny, but they're just yeah, landing yeah. in very much the same spot. Yeah. Uh, like I said, five was by far the most financially successful. And of course, we get more than after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in ways, I wish I could say start with five. See if you like the car mayhem. But it's such a nostalgia fest of bringing back who's who the who's who of drivers. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't say it like that. So. Yeah. I think at the end of next um, next week's episode with mm-hmm. with the rest of them, it'd be fun to go back and like you said, well, we can kind of tear them off a little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we can also see what can be dropped, what can be skipped. If you were to rearrange, what would it be? <laughs> you know. Play I Tommy Two Shoes on the best titles uh, of the five. Oh, I could do that. I could do that. So far, I think Fast Five and Fast and Furious are definitely the best. Yeah. In my opinion. I know. Too Fast, Too Furious. It's literally, I don't know. It's the number two as well. I don't know. Two is twice in there. It's just um, I don't know. It's a hell of a week that you put yourself through. Yeah. We really appreciate you <laughs> watching these films. Is there anything you wanted to add? Anything for next week or? Uh, not really for next week. I did have one idea that I came across. Have you heard about this movie Ghosted? Came out on Apple. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. It is being critiqued no. as the worst of the year. Oh, good. Okay, so, good. That right. makes sense. Oh, no, yeah. No, Everything. Not. You know what? I, it's just... People think it's like an actually AI written film. Like, okay, yeah, could be. So the the 
poster, the main image yeah. poster itself. <laughs> I looked at it and I said, no, this is 2002 garbage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just look Absolutely. at it. It looks terrible. With yeah. These two big actors. Uh, right. And, and, uh, go back to my Gray Man review, man. I, I don't think I can give praise to Chris Evan being normal Chris Evan anymore because he's clearly doing nothing after Captain America. Like, yeah, and what was he doing before Captain America? Right, right. I expected, I don't know, he like should be in- Scarlett Johansson going to a uh, marriage story. Like these actors, like specifically Downey and Evans, doing some sort of, you know, yeah. big movie. I don't know. I no, I, Evans. He sucks. I don't like him. I'm not the biggest. Fan. Well, what? Wait, no. He was. He was Lightyear. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. That was a flop as well. Uh, but my question, maybe to folks at home, not a donation scenario, uh, but write in, email us. Do you have interest in me covering the what is being lauded as the worst of the year? Yeah, well, is there value in yeah, me? Yes. Throwing? I'll speak for all of us and say, obviously, yeah. Watch. Go watch. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're just shutting yourself up for that. <laughs> well, I mean, if something's overtly bad, do you really need me to add to the pile? Or you yeah. want? You want <laughs> it's, Maybe it's, I misunderstand <laughs> our audience a little bit. No, but uh, that's funny because yeah, that movie's not going anywhere. Yeah, um, and also I'm hearing okay things about the movie Blackberry. Oh, and it's just like so we're doing this now. We have Tetris. We have Blackberry. Mm. We have Air for Air Jordans. Yeah. It's like so. This is what we're doing this year. It's like <laughs> right. okay, right. Yeah. But, uh, okay, Finn, thank you so much for watching these. Thank you for the continued watching. We cannot wait for next week to, to wrap wrap this up and kind of see where we're at in the whole <laughs> franchise. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of watching. We appreciate you, Finn. Folks at home, we're going to run this down one more time. We have The Fast and the Furious with a 51%, Too Fast, Too Furious with a 63%, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift with a 53 Fast and Furious with a 33, Fast Five with a 55%. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week to conclude this franchise, and we'll catch you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would... Give us a good rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch, or if you'd just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors, so we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. <laughs>